Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental Episode 35 The Drunken Time Travel Crossover with Gav Brown and Gav Drury. Hi, friends. It's that wonderful time of year again, and uh, joining us as ever are the Gavs. Hey, guys. Hi. That was perfect. You couldn't, you couldn't have rehearsed yeah. that better. <laughs> I didn't. I can believe that. We'll be shocked to learn. The, the first question right up front is, are you drinking beer? And if so, what beer? Yes. And the first answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling teeth is what we were described as. Um, I'm drinking a beer called Sea Bomb. Which is a session IPA from the Drew Foundation. And I've gone for a uh, rather Christmassy uh, ruby red ale from Adnams called Broadside. Ah, excellent. I, I don't see any connection to uh, to what we're watching, but, uh, you know, this isn't that show. You don't have to do that. Well, Just uh, have a beer and enjoy And I'm delici- drinking a delicious uh, Wonder Woman puppet beer. Yeah, that's much better. <laughs> which is made from real puppets. <laughs> I'm having a vanilla Coke Zero, which rhymes with hero, which is the name of a character in one of the things we're watching. So sure. Well, my beer has as much connection to Christmas as the Wonder Woman episode does. <laughs> there so was a statue of Santa outside a building. Uh, and uh, this is a bomb on it, and there were bombs in some of the episodes, so that's, there we go. That's true. I have to say, you, I don't think you guys chose one that was Christmassy at all, which is fine. We don't have to do that, but uh, but I was a little surprised. I mean, on the other hand, it was full of toys you could buy at Christmas, so... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do we, yeah, we normally do, but I just think... Yeah, and due to complete lack of preparation, I had to go with what was available in the local shop. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Uh, we actually uh, chose some pretty fun things for each other this year. Like uh, in previous years, uh, one of the four of us seems intent on choosing painful things. I'll be but, back uh, next year, too. Uh-uh. <laughs> you have been cut off, my friend. From this point forward, we're, we're a democracy. We have to agree on There's it. so much trash I could make you watch. <laughs> <laughs> I, after after the Star Wars said that was so and... much joy. Oh, do you remember? Do, do you remember what we watched last year? Do you? <laughs> last well, last Christmas wasn't so bad. We did. Uh, that's when uh, we did Voyagers and uh, Sliders, right? Uh, did we do one? Avengers? Was it? Yeah, I think that was last year, and I think Avengers was the year before. I think you're thinking of in the summer. Oh, uh, maybe when yeah. we did uh, the hilarious House of Frankenstein. <laughs> was that only the summer? <laughs> yeah, that was only about six months ago. We're doing two of these a year now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, last Christmas we did the 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 time travel show and then the alternate reality show, and those were both okay. Mm. But no, this these are fun. Like there's there's one sort of overwhelming thing I would say about these two things, and it, they they weren't great, but they were both pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So. So that's good. That's a, that's a switch from other years. <laughs> so uh, the first thing is an episode of the classic 70s Wonder Woman show mm-hmm. uh, starring Linda Carter. 
Uh, and Matt actually picked this, but uh, since it's technically my turn, I, I had the final sort of sign-off. And it did sound like a good one. It's Christmas-themed. It has a it has a great guest star in it that, that we both were excited to see. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, if you guys are ready with your summary, tell us about The Deadly Toys. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We start off, as mostly good things do, uh, with a boardroom presentation from three scientists. <laughs> if a scientist is giving a presentation, you know something's going to happen. Apparently, they've been working on a project called XYZ. So a letter each then. None of them have insight on the whole thing, only their part. A project that could only be designed by the footwits in the boardroom. I'm not sure about that. But they've come to see some of the projects that work where I'm working. <laughs> anyway, the scientists, being clever, because they're scientists, figure out they're actually developing a weapon of nightmare proportions. So they've quit and destroyed all their notes and taken their boat home. Then the lead scientist has a meltdown. Literally, melting. That's literally as in the old meaning of literally, not the new one. He was an android. Now we're treated to the opening credits, which is essentially a Wonder Woman can bounce, can change clothes, and is a bit strong montage. <laughs> Diana is off investigating this case because one can only take so much of Dexter's advances, and she heads to a, lab uh, a laboratory where there is a man who is embarrassed about playing with toy soldiers, so he hides from her. Instead of just sneaking out, though... He confronts her, tells her not to follow, and then leaves. So Wonder Woman gives chase instead. And once captured, he too melts. Reporting back to Dexter, he mentions that the scientists are all big toy soldier geeks because, well, we need to work some sort of tenuous link to Christmas, in it. Back with another scientist, Dr Prescott, who's under house arrest and bored of watching Netflix repeats, he gets a parcel of toy soldiers delivered, which turns him into the most excited man ever. Even more than you were when waiting for this podcast to finally drop. <laughs> the guards are put to sleep by a toy dog, and the scientist drugged and instructed to do exactly as the voice tells him. He immediately goes to the toilet or something and returns. <laughs> now we see the toy maker in his shop, whose hobby appears to be making giant smiles, when there's a knock at the door, which is Amazon turning up with his latest delivery of Scientist Monthly. <laughs> This month's scientist in a box is Dr. Prescott. <laughs> He's been replaced by an android too. And as Diana finds out when she visits android Prescott, and has a meltdown because Diana doesn't want to drink tea. So, it's off to the last scientist uh, to move into a safe location that only Diana knows about and a visit to the toy maker to inquire about the toy soldiers. He can't help but sends Diana away with a free gift. A free gift that's specifically for a dashboard. Nothing else, just the dashboard. So she dutifully places the Santa on the dashboard. <clears throat> the dashboard ornament is shockingly a humming device for a remote control airplane, which fires bombs and bullets at Diana, of course. You can probably buy this now. Diana turns into Wonder Woman and jumps up to bring the plane down. Then Diana tells Steve about it and he takes it all in his stride. It was the 70s, after all. She also mentions offhand that she's moved the remaining scientists to another location. Dexter is interested in finding out where, for some reason. Maybe he wants to buy them a present. <laughs> Diana goes to ask the computer about Dexter. It reveals he's been in contact with Hoffman. No one thought this was weird earlier. Anywho, Dexter meets with Hoffman and reveals that he wants to sell Project Mixus Pidlick to foreign governments. <laughs> for some reason, he got a toy maker to help him. 
And for some reason, the toy maker didn't sell his Android patent for even more money. Diana is convinced uh, to meet them in the park by a phone call with an evil Muppet. It's not nearly as cool as it sounds. Android Wonder Woman shows up to meet Diana and unfortunately is the one person who wouldn't convince her. Diana is taken to the toy shop and Dexter knocks her out. She comes to and reveals the scientist's location. Once they're gone, she transforms into Wonder Woman and breaks out. Not into song, but out of her prison. <laughs> Hoffman sets the android Wonder Woman onto her. It's Wonder Woman versus Wonder Woman. All we need is a scrapyard and we're good to go. <laughs> Wonder Woman wins but pretends to be the android. Ah, the old switcheroo. They go to get Dexter, but he doesn't believe it's the android, so shoots it. But Wonder Woman protects herself. She saves the scientists, replaces them with copies so that Project QWERTY UOP will never see the light of day. For some reason, Wonder Woman writes Merry Christmas in the toy store. Uh, beats a card, I suppose? <laughs> that was a weird choice. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed the two of you used the phrase, for some reason, quite a lot. <laughs> Not a lot of logic to this episode of Wonder Woman. I, I don't remember enough about the show to know if that was usually the case or if it's just this one. I don't know. I just love that she frantically runs off in a co- it's like she's talking to Steve Trevor about something and then she's just like, oh shit, I forgot something. I have to run over to that toy store and spray Merry Christmas on it with spray paint. We did not make it clear that this was a Christmas episode. I need you to do something in about five seconds. Ooh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, Matt, it's Steve Trevor Jr. I learned this. I, I, If I watched the show as a kid, I'd remember nothing about it, but I, I read about it on Wikipedia, and apparently the first season of the show actually took place in World War II, yes. like Wonder Woman's origin usually does, with Steve Trevor, played by the same guy. Uh, and then they realized a period piece cost too much money with all the sets and the costumes and the vehicles and stuff, which makes sense. So mm-hmm. they moved it to the present. And this guy is also Steve Trevor, but he's Steve Trevor's son. <clears throat> Steve Trevor. In in like they they didn't just change the show without without saying anything. It actually is part of continuity. Like Wonder Woman went back to her ageless island and then came back in the seventies. Nah. And Steve Trevor's identical son is there, also named Steve Trevor. <laughs> and things resume in the seventies. I I found that hilarious. So so she was there in the forties and then went, went away and thought I'll come back when it's equally as shit as the forties and it was the seventies. <laughs> so by that logic, Wonder Woman should be coming back any day now. Well, I mean, in that movie, she did. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, one, one of the things, one of the things I liked reading about that was um, apparently she was romantically involved with the original Steve Trevor in the '40s, and this one there is absolutely no, like, not even flirting. Any, there's nothing. Oh wait, and, this makes sense for bringing Chris Pine back for the sequel now. Yeah, exactly. He'll just be uh, Steve, Trevor Steve Trevor Jr. Jr. Uh huh. <laughs> no, but I like I like the choice that they're not romantic. Like, there's no will they, won't yeah. they. They just won't. That's it. That's, just that's nice. It's weird yeah. otherwise. Yeah, it's not weird <laughs> yeah. and gross like certain other superheroes I could name. Well, it's it's weird and gross, but also what they said was everyone hates will they, won't they, because either people are unsatisfied that it doesn't happen or we ruin it when it does happen. So we're just not even going to do that. You know, all so. Cheers ran for 12 years. Yeah, but Cheers, like, they had to get rid of uh, what's-her-name when they when they finally went through with it, you know? It's true. Yeah, and then they did another world they wanted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, who wants to start with something? I don't know. English Gav, what about you? What was your good thing? <laughs> <laughs> My good thing? I said, well, once it eventually started... <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and we, and we started to get to Wonder Woman 20. I thought it was, as you mentioned yourself, as it, it was just fun. Yeah. yeah. It was a good fun. Typically, sort of, your typical superhero storyline, clones. You've got Wonder Woman facing off against Wonder Woman and silly toy robots. And, and it, it was just good fun. It's everything it I want in a the, 70s show. You know? Yeah. Mm. Well, it felt very formulaic 70s to me, and, and watching one single episode, it doesn't bother me. If we yeah. were watching this whole series, it would get old quickly, but just sampling one episode, you get you get that fun without it getting boring, I think. But, like, this this felt very much like any cop show from that period, or, mm-hmm. like, The Incredible Hulk, or The Bionic Man, or, like, there's so many shows from this era that just had the same, like, the plot unfolded the same way every week. You had the same handful of guest stars showing up in every show, and, you know. But again, just watching a one-off, you yeah. really get that, which is nice. Mm. I, w- I was thinking about this. This has the the same problem that a lot of like live action seventies like superhero shows. No that I- yeah, no, it wasn't that. It was like I grew up watching Batman sixty six, right? And yeah. none of these other shows ever had like any kind of like supervillain in them. It was always just dudes, usually in some kind of suit. Well, it's, yeah. uh, in that respect, it felt more like an episode of Columbo or Rockford Files or whatever. You had the bad guy of the week who would then go away. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like this, ep- th- this episode ends with Wonder Woman beating the crap out of an old man and a guy with an ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. this isn't exactly like this isn't exactly like crisis or something. Well, and, but honestly, it was the, it was the 70s. <laughs> Villains were just people in suits. <laughs> That's true. I, the thing that disappointed me, and, and this wasn't my actual bad thing, but it, it might as well be, is just Frank Gorshin was in this. Like, the Riddler, Frank Gorshin, the, yep. the most the most recognizable, most insane of the supervillains for Batman 66. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he was really wasted here. Like, he had a little to do, he had a goofy accent, but he wasn't the main villain, and he didn't get directly involved in very much. He was mostly just sort of off to the side. I've created another toy, and now here's another one, and that's it. Like, I... He's such a scenery chewer, and I wanted to see more of that, you know? Like, he's so good at that. That being said, the scene where Diana walks into the toy store and Gorshin's sitting on a rocking chair (laughs) wearing a half-fitting Santa Claus costume and breastfeeding a a baby doll (laughs) is a little upsetting. No, the thing is, he makes the most with what he has. I just wish they'd given him more because that guy, and he wouldn't have played anything like the Riddler. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, more than that. <laughs> Take his shirt off or something. No, I know at this and point he had two rooms full of weird shit. Yeah, he could have interacted with that stuff more, and and he just kind of stood there. I don't know. It just like I'm I thinking, know looking in the background, he might have done. <laughs> He's just like prancing around while other people are talking. Well, there, there, there is that scene where um, they're spying on him, and for no reason at all, he closes up a van and then takes the other guy in the arm and skips over to the other car. But, but again, he's doing the best with what he had. It's like there's that bit where, uh, as uh, Gav pointed out in the summary, where they make the, the phone call, and mm-hmm. it's, the phone call is someone on tape, but they also use a puppet for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. I love that. I didn't know you were going to do that. <laughs> I love and, and then the part of that was uh, Diana, uh, you know, just hearing the phone call, looked at the yeah, phone. Yeah, you cut to her reaction. And look, look, you did not see the half of what that went that weird. Yeah, this is weird. Oh, you honey, you don't know. Al, I, I love that your version of Pwned Down Frank Gorshin still involves a puppet. 
Well, the, but you know what I mean. You've seen him as the Riddler. Oh, sure. Prancing around and giggling. And it's like, I wanted more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I know he was keen to distance himself from the Riddler. Don't do the same stuff. But I, like I said, I wish he was the main villain. And like you had mentioned this, you wished she actually fought some giant toys. Like the, the big climactic fight between the evil Wonder Woman and real Wonder Woman was kind of lame. They were the, just kind of, she throws her in an office chair. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, there's just, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's all. The, the, there's all these like around the toy maker's place. There's all these like oversized toy soldiers and like raggedy Ann dolls and stuff. You could easily yeah. shove a stuntman into one of those and have them and have her fight them. And it would have been interesting. Yeah. It's just like I understand there wasn't much budget and they had to do what they could with what they had. But mm-hmm. if the fight had been choreographed a little better, you wouldn't have needed to spend more money. But you could have made it more like, okay, this is what we have. We have a stunt double of Linda Carter fighting Linda Carter. Like, like make it more interesting. Well, unfortunately, you know? they spent all their money on that giant yellow van. Wow, that van. Was <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, yeah, and that was part of what I've uh, got down as my bad thing as well. I mean, it What's all started from that fight scene as well. Mm-hmm. And I understand there's restrictions with your budget and technology at the time, but... You can do more, better choreograph and stuff like that that will sort of highlight the powers or how good Wonder Woman is rather than just that pathetic fight scene that did nothing. Well, she lifted a car, mm-hmm. sort of, a couple of inches <laughs> off the ground. Well, judging by the credit, that's what she does every episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned when we were watching it how many times like, time she blocks bullets with her bracelets. I would say she lifts the back of a car at least once an episode, too. Well, it's like when you watch the old George Reeves Superman from the 50s, the old black and white Superman show, and every episode has a sequence where he sticks his chest out and they shoot bullets and they don't work and the, and the criminal is surprised by this. And mm-hmm. I think Wonder Woman has the same thing where she does the, the bracelet thing and then the criminal looks at her. And in this case, he did the very 70s thing of throwing his gun at her. Like after I wonder, I wonder if she throws a tiara thing as well in the episode. Oh, yeah, that happened, mm-hmm. too. And as you pointed out, the physics of that were baffling. <laughs> and it went... Yeah. She threw it straight at the ground two feet in front of her, and it flew like 10 meters or something, and then boomeranged back. Uh-huh. Well, it, it is very light being made of tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> That's a special it, it got caught by the breeze, did it? <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> Picked up a heavy stone, aren't we? Yeah. That knocked him out. <laughs> yeah, speaking of... No. Uh, the credits. Uh, my good thing was I could seriously watch the credits all day long. Oh, it just yeah. transported me back to being a kid with the <laughs> with the theme and, and. So you watched the show just, as a kid then? Yeah, I remember seeing it as a kid. Apparently, uh, I was really into Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. Unsurprising. Because no, I was trying to think it would have been on when I was little, but I have no actual memory of it. Yeah, I never saw an episode of it. Like I knew the theme song, but I none of this triggered anything for me. Yeah, it's, I mean, the thing is, and and this is my good thing, she's great. Linda Carter is goddamn delightful, and Mm -hmm. I bet if they'd given her more, like, stuff, like English Gav was saying, like, that showed off her powers, I bet she could pull it off. Oh, yeah. Like, I totally buy her as Wonder Woman, not maybe in a a big-budget movie now, but, like, in, like, by the standards of the time, she was way better than some of the people they chose to, like... Have you guys seen that Legends of the Superheroes thing? No. No. I'm never familiar with either. So I'm next year, then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if I wanted to go full Robotham, I would choose that. <laughs> never Are you guys familiar with what I'm talking about, though? 
Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, yeah. Wasn't Adam West in it as well? Or I think so. Yeah. yeah, Adam West is the biggest name they could get, so that that's already uh, an indication. It's it's basically like here's the Justice League, the cheapest version of the Justice League you can imagine, doing a comedy roast. Oh Lord. <laughs> it was the most cheap. It was. It very much felt like the Star Wars holiday special. Like here, are, here are characters you recognize with no budget, with super cheesy comedy. Yeah, it was real, real Isn't bad. Ed McMahon in that. He it was the same were... Batman and Robin. Do we get some musical yeah, I, numbers as well? <laughs> I believe there were. Yes, it it very much felt like the Star Wars holiday special in a lot of ways. Like celebrity cameos, like you say, like maybe Ed McMahon or somebody like that. Mm. And and bad jokes and songs like comedy skits and just oh it was so oh, oh god now we should watch it oh lord yeah yeah like was, like classic was Frank Corson in it as well uh maybe shit he might have been yeah I don't remember off the top of my head I know he was very much he didn't want to like he wanted to distance himself from that stuff but he they might have offered him money I don't know <laughs> just some money. But that's that was TV's idea of superheroes for the most part in this era. So like Linda Carter really rises above that, and like she's pretty good. Like mm-hmm. like I I don't want to be a creep about it. I think she's a very pretty lady, but also I like her acting. She's got a good physical presence in terms of like I believe her beating up the bad guys. It's not like yeah they hired a model, but there's no chance she could punch someone in the face. She's too like frail. You know well, what I mean? Like, no no no. Fun and charming and yeah, and totally believable as an action hero. Mm. I like her a lot. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, yeah. Um, so the, the part where, uh, the Android melts at the, at the, the boardroom, mm-hmm. just like, there's a close up of his face as like waxy flesh rain, like runs down his face, revealing the robot underneath, leaving a pile of diodes, silly putty and hair floating on this fun. <laughs> in the middle of this boardroom table. And all I can think is if I had been a kid watching this, it would have terrified me. But as an adult, it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. So it's like a double sided good thing. Yeah, basically. Cause little Matt would have loved it for one reason. And adult Matt likes it for a whole different reason. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> I was there, and what I loved about that scene was, uh, all the boardroom members reactions. Oh, it's so just there slowly melting. It's like almost a point of goo, and they're just looking at it inquisitively still. I think yeah. describing what they did as reactions <laughs> as being a bit generous. <laughs> also, everyone's real blase about the fact that apparently androids exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beyond the fact that they watched a man melt, uh-huh. oh, he's an android. Yeah, of course. You know, an android. Oh, like I, me, was, yeah. I, was, I was really worried why he melted, but now I understand. That nope. explains it. Okay. I mean, androids melt every day. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, we keep the, the heat cranked up pretty, uh, pretty high in this boardroom, so, you know. That's our anti-android... Yeah. Uh, I told you it was hot in here, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Christmas, so it's cold. Is it Christmas? Really? Oh, we put the pencil up and there's a Santa Claus, so yes, shut up. There is a Santa Claus, that is true. Uh, Irish Gav, what was your bad thing? My bad thing, when it was not necessarily a bad thing per se, but uh, one of the scientists was in Airplane 2, and I just couldn't take him seriously in this. That's not fair. that this was Mac- Macbeth or anything, but, you know, <laughs> you get the idea. It was just because I think he played one of the, uh, the crew crew members in Airplane 2, and just he just looked exactly the same because it was around that same time as well. Yeah. 
I think Airplane 2 was like 1980, so yeah, mm-hmm. it would have been within a couple of years, so yeah. No, I and I actually got especially with the um the one guy shooting at Wonder Woman and then throwing his gun, like I got a lot of uh police squad made by the same guys. Uh made fun of a lot of like 70s action TV tropes and mm-hmm. When you don't watch a lot of 70s TV, you think this is a funny joke, but now you see what it's based on and it makes it a little funnier. Mm-hmm. And there was a bunch of that in this. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Uh, good question. Um, oh, yeah. Fuck Steve Trevor, the smuggest 70th <laughs> douchebag I've ever seen. That's just, a bit harsh. Just like this big horn. <laughs> I thought he was just kind of bland, but uh, yeah, wow. big orange really worked out. Shoved into a suit that barely contains him. I think what you're mad at is the '70s, maybe, as embodied by Steve Trevor Jr. He's incredibly '70s. Yeah, but he didn't really. He wasn't really. I mean, he wasn't offensive or anything. He didn't do anything. He offends exactly. sensibilities. I think. I think what Matt's reacting to is a general, like the the typical leading man of the '70s, not specifically this guy. The malaise of the seventies. <laughs> malaise forever. Yes, because of the Simpsons. Now I can make fun of American politics in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a rough time, but it was a fun time because uh, President Jimmy Carter looked just like my grandmother. So uh, <laughs> that's that. my bad thing was basically just the pacing. Like, and this is this is again, indicative of pretty much every show back then. Mm-hmm. They had an hour to fill. They had maybe 15 minutes of story. Boy, the pacing yeah. bugged you in this one, man. What you had coming. Yeah, well. Uh, boy, did <laughs> they make sure they filled the hour. <laughs> there, there's just not, like, there's a lot of waiting for some, okay, so someone's delivering a shady package. We're going to wa- watch them walk all the way in the door and then open that package and then look at, like, oh, just get on with it. Is it not? And there's a lot of, uh, it's because pacing these days is so quick because they, so many, so much time is taken up with adverts. So they have mm-hmm. to just get to the story as quickly as possible. So now we're used to that. So going back and watching things from then just seems so much slower. Well, yeah. I mean, watch this and then watch like a Michael Bay movie or something where everything's just blasting at you for like two hours straight. (laughs) Like, you know. (laughs) And then you're like, did anything happen in that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I agree that there it's, it's possible to go too far in the other direction, but I also will say there is TV from this era that didn't move this slowly like mm. there were episodes of original star trek which happened 10 years before this that moved along at a pretty good clip i would say some of them didn't but some of the better ones did mm. like it, it it happened more often than not i would say that shows were slow but there were shows back then that weren't slow mm. like and uh, original star trek's really the only one i'm familiar with from you know before the 80s but uh, that's mm. a good you know sure but i suppose it was batman as well from the 60s oh man batman yeah but slowed down that was a half hour, though, so that helped, and, you know, there were there were a few other mitigating factors. It was meant to be funny, which mm-hmm. I think helped. Like, you didn't have to bog, you didn't have to explain the story too much, because it was just kind of, yeah, this is stupid, whatever, wink, wink, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, I think, uh, going back to the, uh, for some reasons, but... <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, there was a lot of illogic. Yeah. 
I mean, there's like Dexter wanted to get Diana to the toy shop. So instead of just saying, uh, I've discovered something, can you meet me in the toy shop? And then surprise will be gone. No, we need the convoluted uh, toy puppet on the phone <laughs> conversation to meet Diana at midnight in a park. Which to come and then create the create yeah. the Wonder Woman doll to make to, to bring yeah. her here. <laughs> yeah, if any part of this plan had broken down, that would have been it. Yeah, but, but, to just go, hey, come to the toy shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll yeah. get to convoluted plots very shortly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, a lot of the, yeah, a lot there was of, a lot like, of that. They put the Santa on the dashboard. <clears throat> okay. Also, was the was the toy what, shop what? called? Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. oh, so what was the extra android about as well? The random android in the laboratory? Because they've got replacements for all your three scientists. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But there was that other one, random guy that... Well, the one, the one with the tuning fork. Yes. The, yeah, the tuning guy, fork the guy. guy. The, the guy that tried to hold up Diana with a tuning fork. Other than to set up the fact that androids exist. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I I love that Diana, this this yeah. happened in this scene and a couple other scenes, had to pretend she was threatened in stupid situations because otherwise yeah. she'd reveal she's Wonder Woman. So it's like, oh no, a tuning fork. I definitely can't just slap that out of your hand. I guess you got me. <laughs> there's, a, yeah. there's a way she plays that that mm. is very amusing to me. But yeah, what was he doing in the? Uh... It was playing with his toys. <laughs> what we made? They made an android just to send him there to what, play with yes, the toys. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> For some <laughs> reason, Gav, come on. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> uh, what else? Anything? Mm. Uh, yes. Yeah, you were moving on to the uh, name of the toy shop. Oh, yeah. oh, God. Well, every time we saw an exterior <laughs> shot of the toy shop, it said Jungle King, which apparently described one of the toys on display, but we never got a wider shot to see what the name of the toy shop was, so I just assumed it was Jungle King, but it clearly wasn't. It wasn't real clear on that. No. I think the toy shop was clo- what called Closed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the middle of the no. Christmas season, as far as I could tell, and it was the yeah, least busy you... toy shop, so... Yeah, but if anyone came into that toy shop, they would buy... Like, every one of those toys was some kind of elaborate trap. Yep. Like, if a kid came in and said, I want to buy that airplane, what are you going to do? Like, you can't sell it to him. That's to trap Wonder Woman later. <laughs> uh, no, but that, uh, that plane, she is not for sale. <laughs> Why do you have it out on display, then? It looks cool. Uh, shut up, I... tiny person. Look, I've got I've got a, a ridiculous beard glued to my face and a crushed hat and little spectacles. I am the most ridiculous vaudeville villain. Now get out. Yes, nothing is for sale. Get away. Right. <laughs> I think I have a non deadly I think I have a non deadly gorilla around here somewhere you can own. <laughs> you He's have the to jungle specify cake. that it's a, a non deadly gorilla. <laughs> I even made the little king hat for him. <laughs> What about that doll in the cute dress? Ow. (laughs) No, it's a king hat. What was that, Gav? What about that doll in the pretty dress? Oh, It's not a pretty dress, it's a pile of rags in the corner. No, 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 that's a different different, uh, thing with a pretty dress. (laughs) (laughs) He's just excited to get to it. Um, We all are. We all are. I was just going to do it. I was just doing a call forward. 
<laughs> oh, it was a, a good more joke. Difficult than a yeah. Uh, you guys will get it in a minute. Trust us. Uh, <laughs> when you listen anything? again, you'll get it. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're listening multiple times. Yes. Why wouldn't they? Uh-huh. Uh, 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 where does her purse go when she... Ch- like, Diana <laughs> had, a, had a purse, but then she spun around to change into Wonder Woman, and it disappeared. It turns well, into our suggested hat. that it turns invisible. Turns invisible. Like her, like her jet. That wasn't my. I thought you had said that actually. Yeah, she's yeah, that in, was my suggestion. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. invisible purse, yeah, invisible more, jet, that, that and invisible more, car. That makes more sense than her purse just dis- like going up in flames, and then she didn't come to buy a purse every episode. Like I'm, I'm willing to accept the clothes turn into different clothes, or I don't know, they're an illusion or something. But that purse probably has like. Because she's a government agent, so it's got like sensitive, at least ID, if not actual documents in there, and, yes. and keys to important <laughs> buildings. And the other thing just is to go in every week and ask for a new ID. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is, do, it's not like a real know what job is. No, uh, I, I didn't really catch that. Sorry, what was that, Matt? It's not like her real name is Diana Prince. Like, she has to get a f- new fake ID made up every time she transforms. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true, too. Yeah, she has you to know. change her name every day. Yeah. No, I wasn't real clear on what her job was, but in fairness, this was like episode ten of season two or something yeah. like that. Like they've already established it, we just weren't watching. Mm-hmm. So that's not really the episode. Oh, come on! That's uh, come on episode. No. Like as Stanley says, every episode of Wonder Woman is someone's first episode of Wonder Woman. Well, maybe the credits told us, but we were also overwhelmed by the funk that we just missed that. <laughs> oh, that, that opening credit sequence is so funky. Yeah, it was. I think she works for the for the seventies X Files. <laughs> I works for the seventies. <laughs> Diana Prince, She's agent of the seventies. Pro- oh, she works for the seventies. She's part of the problem. <laughs> An agent of Malays. <laughs> now I want to work out what Malays stands for. Oh God! Ministry uh, of yeah. No. <laughs> we need to move forward. Any any other final things before we? Uh... Uh, Marco. Also, the only other thing I was going to bring up, the toy maker, is uh, we've seen the toys he can't make very well, mm-hmm. but he's really good at doing androids. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah that's what, what I you pointed out in the, the summary. Oh, the yeah. Why yeah. can he sell it? He could make billions yeah. from that. And where, like and where does he get people? the schematics for them, Phil? Are you saying where does he get his wonderful toys? <laughs> He's not going to get that right. That's not Batman Returns. <laughs> no. Nobody did make a Superman 3 reference. Don't think I didn't catch that. Good. I'm glad you did. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Uh, no. If you want to move forward, I'm fine. Let's, uh, let's do our alternate titles in English. Guy, what do you got? I've gone with The, the Smelting of Christmas. Quite good. Irish Gav? Mr. Robot. I think that one might already be taken, but I'm not sure. <laughs> it wasn't at the time. <laughs> ah, that's true. They can retroactively sue them. Uh, Matt, what do you got? The Deadly Bees McKeever. Nobody's going to get that. You got it. Uh, yeah, but I don't see how it connects to this. <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I went with a tiny portion of Gorshin. Pretty good. Um, you guys got a quote? Yes. It's uh, towards the end of the episode where uh, the uh, Afro guy is think, thinks he's being clever. Well, Diana, this is your little night for surprises, isn't it? 
Not really. Yeah, no, he wasn't. <laughs> no, you're not fooling anyone with that hair, mister. All right, pressing forward to the thing that the Gavs chose for us. This is a delightful piece of uh, uh, English 80s-ness. English uh, for, for uh, yeah, I'm not sure how to describe it. It's it's a it's it's like um what's the one everyone knows? Thund is Thunderbird? Thunderbirds, yeah. Birds, yeah, it's like Sting, Marionettes. Stingray June ninety. Right. Fireball I, 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 Wow. You guys are way more uh, marionette savvy than I am. This is what I was watching <laughs> in the in the in the eighties instead of live action TV shows. That's fair. And it's God a, they were boring. But it's it's all marionettes and and little models like uh, the if you've seen Team America that's what you know that's the style of thing they were making fun of with that uh, it's called Terra Hawks mm -hmm. uh, and they actually gave us two parts which which uh, made it a full hour for us so uh, uh -huh. and it what's it called Al it's called Expect the Unexpected <laughs> remember that which, uh, remember yeah, everyone expect that'll, it <laughs> that'll come up again and again <laughs> maybe maybe we at least expect it Pro probably. <laughs> Put so. in your copy <laughs> Our story opens, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy style, with painstakingly hand-animated images meant to look like computer animation that any six-year-old could dash off an iMovie in 2017. Then again, this is a show that, rather than using humans who just have moving faces, decided it would be easier to use marionettes. Historically, the most realistic-looking, not to mention symbol-to-operate medium ever created. Meet the Terrahawks. Hawkeye, Kestrel, Falconer, and Tiger. Did someone not get the bird memo? I feel like he deliberately picked a tiger because, quote, birds are lame. His full name is, of, <laughs> his full name of, is of course, Dr. Commander Tiger Neinstein. And he's called this because he's one of nine clones of Dr. Commanders. Do you get it? <laughs> it's subtle. Well, as subtle as this show gets, anyway. Rounding out the cast, it'll be funny in a minute, are a bunch of little round robot guys called Xeroids. And I love them. Everyone loves them, Matt. Also, there's a seriously problematic character that we should acknowledge and then never speak again. Till we get to our quote. <laughs> oh, good. So the story kicks off with an evil witch, played by Mr. Sloan, invading a colony on <laughs> Mars with a shrunken spaceship, which almost gets eaten by a dog to bring things back around to Hitchhiker's Guide. Our heroes are naturally a bit bummed out by all the genocide and mobilize their considerable fleet of pretty cool-looking models and then remobilize them and then <laughs> re-re-re-mobilize them. Seriously, about a third of this show is vehicles taking off and another third is vehicles landing. Otherwise, how would you know that they got to where they were going? So after a heated battle between the aforementioned tiny ship and the also aforementioned awesome Xeroids, one of the little dudes is killed and the robots have an actual funeral for him. And it's legitimately the sweetest thing ever, complete with tiny trumpets playing taps. Assuming any battle that ends with a robot playing a horn is a victory, the Terrahawks celebrate with a sexy party. And believe me, nobody throws a sexy party like puppets and balls. But it turns out the alien witch, whose name is Zelder, spelled Z-E-L-D-A, Zelder, is alive and waving a pointed hook at everybody. Sexy party's over, puppets and balls. Back to taking off and landing. So pretending to be their friends this time and proving that the, the Terrahawks have the object permeance of a newborn, Zelder offers them the gift of... A highway? Which, hold your gasps of surprise, is a trick and a trap, which Dr. Commander Tiger Neinstein drives directly into with his sassy, talking Rolls Royce. He's captured by Zelda and killed, but it's okay. He has a clone? Were you even listening to the first part of this summary? 
So Zelda is defeated, but in keeping with the grand tradition of 80s villains everywhere, threatens to get them next time. She probably should have shaken her fist at this point, but, you know, puppets are hard. Those claws are almost impossible to close. The episode ends with Zelda thawing out the end boss for level two, which we will presumably see in the next episode, if we were going to watch the next episode, which we will probably not be doing. I don't know, the monster puppet was pretty sweet. Oh, you love monsters. I mean, that's true. (laughs) This was great. It was fun, just like the other one, a lot of fun. Like, again, a little slow, but... Like, uh, by about the half, the half the first episode, Mark, I was completely sold on this. Oh, I was sold instantly, but then about the half, just, halfway through the first one, Amanda left the room. She's like, it just goes on like this, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> it sure does. I said, when me and Irish was a... Uh, <laughs> that's what I call him. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we we got a sh- short list of uh, stuff to watch, didn't we? And we just sat down, had a few beers, watching yeah. them, and we got to this one, and we just could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> Now, now I have to ask, do, did either of you or both of you watch the show as kids, or is this new to you? No, I remember it from a kid. I yeah, remember I remember, yeah, I did watch it. Mm. Uh, I, I only remember the Knots and Crosses game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is, that's very much one of the things oh, right, you with, the balls when, uh, on the Knots and Crosses or Tic-Tac-Toe. Yeah, when, when Tiger Ninestein comes up on the screen, they have a, you know, a grid of nine. Showing yeah. all of him. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I didn't think of that, but I was thinking Hollywood Squares, which is basically the same thing. <laughs> so you guys, like, you guys do have a memory of this then. It wasn't just something you pulled out of, like... Oh, no, no, it was, there, was, there was this and two other things I remember from kids that we picked. Which, which may still be on the list, so we don't want to say what they are yet. No. That's fair. It's, yeah. Now, Unless... now was, this show, was this show particularly popular back then? I think or so. Do you remember? Reasonably, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. It wasn't huge, but mm-hmm. I think it wasn't I, as I big as it. My friends watched it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm curious if, like the the British listeners in our audience of, of a certain age, will say, "Oh, I remember that," or if they'll say, "Yeah, that was on," but they were much. Oh better yeah, they, they were probably, yeah, I'll probably remember it. Uh huh. Because I've like I've never seen any of these kinds of shows. I don't know if they weren't on or what. Mm. I just I never saw any of these puppet shows, and they're, they're really interesting to me. I mean, at first, <laughs> had you <laughs> had you uh, seen it before, heard of it before, Matt? Oh God, yes. No, I used to watch Thunderbirds and uh, Fireball XG One used to come on when I was in high school, and I would watch that if I was up at but three in this, the morning. But no, I'm not familiar with Terrahawks. I. Hmm. I'm completely familiar with marionette shows. No, I used and to watch was... Thunderbirds, but Thunderbirds was so fucking boring. Like this has <laughs> this has cool robots and a villain and stuff. Thunderhawks just fought natural disasters, and it God, it was dull. Matt Thunderbirds, this Thunder Terra Hawks. I don't I don't know how you could confuse the two. <laughs> <laughs> They're so different. Thundercats. <laughs> this is made by the same team, isn't it? Like they, they made yeah, yeah, most it was the made by Terry Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he so did all of them ripping that right? off. The weird thing is, uh, Thunderbirds was like a seventies puppet show, and then they showed it again. They didn't make any new ones, but they showed it again in the nineties, mm-hmm. and it became like huge again. Yeah, there were toys and shit fucking... everywhere. Yeah, that happens. Like sometimes. my brother had the island, and like he didn't even watch the fucking show. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, this this show definitely came off as a bit of a toy commercial. I've got I've got this island. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with it. <laughs> ah, so you've met my brother. <laughs> now this definitely had the feel of look at all this cool stuff you could buy, and yeah. I was I I wasn't sure because. The sh- you know, the shows like Thundercats, He-Man, Transformers were obviously toy commercials, but I, I don't know. Maybe this was just a show that didn't have toys. Like, I couldn't I couldn't really get a feel for that because I haven't no, seen anything. Imagine like yeah. having to buy all the Zeroids, though. <laughs> I feel like you no, can no, buy no. them in, like, you a buy set. One, and, then you, and then there's, like, uh, decals or decals, however you pronounce it, that you mm-hmm. put on. Yeah, they just give you a, a sheet of numbers, and you put... Uh, Different ones on. That I feel like you could buy like a set of them and they came in an egg cartons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you also have to buy nine Dr. Ninesteins. I don't even want the one. So no, but you get to... <laughs> the thing about the Zeroids is uh, you guys forget how uh, action figures work. You have to buy, like, every figure comes with one. So if there's a favorite Zeroid of yours, you got to buy your least favorite Terrahawk to get it. Uh-huh. Because that's always how they do that. Like, I really want number 13, but he comes with uh, t- Tiger Einstein. Uh, excuse me, Dr. Commander Tiger Einstein. thank you. PhD, LLC. A little respect for that, for the Dr. Commanderate. XYZ. Which is totally... I don't remember, uh, you know, the, the, you buy, presumably you could buy the Zeros, but I don't know if they were proportionate, the toys, compared to the figures. Oh, yeah, they'd have to be, like, I don't know, maybe the size of ping pong balls or even yeah. smaller. I remember, I remember He-Man. There was a there was an Oracle figure, but it was fucking <laughs> massive compared. Oh, yeah, to the same size as He-Man, right? Yeah, I remember. That. You know, like Orko you. was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to get it to play with it right, you'd have to put it like half a mile away to get it there. To... <laughs> and the cartoons Orko was just really far away all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would prefer Orko stay far away, anyways. <laughs> No, the thing you don't know about filmation is the guy who ran it was colorblind, as we learned when we did Star Trek: The Animated Series. But he yeah. also had uh, no depth perception, so, uh, so that's why uh, things like that kept happening. All right, yeah, animation was perfect for him then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was a gorgeous show. <laughs> uh, Matt, what was your good thing about this? Okay, um, <laughs> I I I love the old space witch. Oh, She's yeah. such a good bad guy. Puppet's great. The voice is great. Legitimately terrifying for children. And she reminds me of Gran from the children's show Gran, which I watched as a kid. And then <laughs> and watched an episode of, on YouTube and discovered that they are not at all alike. Sometimes your childhood memory of a thing is very different than the thing itself. Better to just leave it there. About right. You didn't no, she... Didn't mention her pretty dress. <laughs> oh, that 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 pile of rags, yeah. That's why I'm dressed so beautifully. <laughs> the, apparently, she's a, a, a like a, a hardworking voice actor, and and you would have heard her in a bunch of stuff from the eighties. Yeah. I don't remember specifically which, but she was in a bunch of like uh, kids' fantasy movies from back then, like stuff like The Neverending Story or Labyrinth, or like oh, I don't yeah. remember specifically which ones, but in in that vein. No, that you makes might sense. recognize her voice. Her and Frank Welker accounted for fifty-six percent of all voices. Her and Frank Welker might be married. <laughs> yeah, could be. I'm not even convinced <laughs> her and Frank Welker are two different people. Yeah, they could just be the same person. That could be she's, Frank Welker. She's Frank Welker in a pretty dress. <laughs> <laughs> a pretty pretty dress. 
Yeah, what was the deal with that dress? It just looked like she'd just come from, I don't know, being jilted at the wedding or something like that. Jilted at a wedding from 200 years ago, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it was her debutante ball dress. Good <laughs> decides to take it out on Earth. <laughs> uh, you're, you're right about her being a good villain, Matt, though. In the in that very classic 80s villain, like, she was cut from the same cloth as, like, Skeletor or, sure. like, Mumra. Like, she felt like one of those, I'll get you next time, Tara Hawks. My you know. favorite part of the entire episode is when she's flying her giant spaceship that's going to be shrunk to Earth. Oh. And you, it, you don't see her. You just see the ship flying towards Earth. And an old woman's <laughs> voice goes, I'm coming to Earth. Yeah, who's she talking to at that point? <laughs> and she's a, picture, got, a, a black and white picture of her uh, jilted <laughs> fiance, <laughs> or yeah, maybe her fiance. Another was reason. Oh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, another reason I like it. Such a great laugh as well as all good villains do. Oh God, oh, she's yeah. the best. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And she <laughs> takes such delight in destroying stuff. I mean, that first time when she destroys that base on Mars was. Ah! Yep. And she goes for like twenty minutes. <laughs> really loves enjoying. I gotta love someone who enjoys destruction like that. Oh yeah, love someone who enjoys their work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, you gotta you gotta enjoy your job. Otherwise, you know what's even the point. I, so I love was gonna what say, I do. <laughs> I was I was gonna say her jilted fiance was in the ice block at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, that was definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my good thing was those robots. Oh the, the God, zeroes. yes. They're like BB-8 30 years ahead of schedule. Like, they're, they're, and I'm, I don't like them ironically. Like, they were great characters. They were fun little, like, they each had distinct voices and distinct personalities. And um, had I had very could, distinct voice. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that when we get to my bad thing. But, uh, no, they, like, each one of them was a little different. And you could, you could actually kind of see the utility of them, like, why they were useful and it wasn't just that they look cool you could actually kind of understand how they would fight a, a real battle and it was it, it was a neat idea plus they were just little silver balls with eyeballs so they were pretty easy to animate you know i love the, the like the little eye the little eyes that move on their own and the little blinking mouth that lights up when they smile and shit got like they're yeah. they're extremely expressive for ping pong for something balls. that has no moving parts <laughs> just eyes that move back and forth and a mouth that blinks that's yeah. it and they managed to get a lot of expression out of them. Yeah, and they're they're definitely the more engaging characters, I would say. Like, I, you know, I, I genuinely enjoyed them. Mm. I thought all the models, like, seriously, like, I'm going to, like, complain about how much time we spent watching everything, you know, take <laughs> off and land. But the actual models, I thought, were really well constructed. They oh, were yeah. really cool. Like, all the spaceships and the airplanes and even the building that opened up to, to launch stuff. Like, it was it was well-constructed stuff. It wasn't garbage. Which yeah, just, I thought was neat. Just It's a, it's a very pretty show. It is. I a mean, very you know, pretty dress. For the, <laughs> wow. That dress is really just eclipses everything. So. <laughs> uh, English guy, what was your good thing? Uh, mine, uh... I'm going to go with the the super elaborate launch platforms that they have for all the vehicles. They can't just take off from something. They've got to disguise something as something else. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got a tree. No, it's not a tree. It opens up. And <laughs> you've got to launch through the middle of the tree. Oh. My, my and then you've got is... the whirlpool thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite mean, is how the entire house just opens up. <laughs> yeah. 
yes, as one of you pointed out, I just stacked my books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, quote-unquote bad thing. But uh, when the White House no relation opens up, the, the ship flies out. Surely everything in the house is smashed. <laughs> Unless everything in the entire house is glued down. And what if they're making dinner at the time? Did no one think this through? <laughs> Did, did we see anyone living in the house? Maybe that's where the Zeroids live. We saw them have a sexy party in the house. Oh, that, was it in that house, though? <laughs> yes. Okay, well. Yeah. There's an organ and plates on the wall. Like, all this yeah, shit. No, what the plates are on the wall? They're probably stapled to the wall just so they don't <laughs> fucking fall off. Unless yeah. it was in the east wing, that bit that didn't move. That's oh. the only bit that they're allowed in. What, they're what, all so in the whole the 90% <laughs> of the house is just, yeah. just abandoned. They're all just hiding out in the garage. No, see, I was going to suggest that the Zeroids live in that part, and they're just balls, so they'll roll, but then they'll roll back. So they're, <laughs> they're just balls, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had some real antagonism between the uh, Tiger Nine Stein and, and all the ball robot robots. Yeah, this is my bad thing. Fuck Dr. Doctor Commander Tiger Nine Stein. Mm-hmm. That guy is the biggest fucking asshole. Like, he spends almost the entire episode either insulting the balls or hitting on the girl. Yeah. It's just your bad thing for Wonder Woman, but did you just copy and paste? I guess I just hate, <laughs> I guess I just hate white dudes in charge of the 70s. I mean, I'm, I'm completely with you in this one. Except this is the 80s, first of all. I, I, what I think we're getting is some residual Archer hatred just bleeding over into other shows. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> These guys keep reminding you of Archer, and and I'm gonna say, tell, t- show me on the doll where Archer touched you, but he touched me there, too, so I understand. No, like there's a scene where, like, after Zelda has created a a road for them, which mm-hmm. again, what? what? Like yeah. Doctor Commander, Ti- Doctor <laughs> yeah. Commander Tiger Ninestein decides to take his Rolls Royce out for a spin, and if there's his one talking thing, Rolls Royce, his talking Rolls Royce, which comes complete with a uh, robot butler inside of it, and if there's one thing I don't want, it's to hear a white guy talking about how great his car is to a chick he's trying to screw. <laughs> Look at my car. <laughs> You say it's a robot butler, but I think it's actually just a butler um, sellotaped into the boot. He's just, <laughs> he's just in the trunk. Uh, very good, sir. Uh, I guess I'll drive your car. No, I'm going to drive the car now. From the back seat. Uh, also, Shh. yeah, he was a terrible uh, Shut up. Nicholson impression. Shut up, stupid robot. And actually, just... this is... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's the thing I don't... He's the main character in the show, mm-hmm. but... I can't understand. I don't see. Did they? They must have literally made him a bad person because I can't see how he's supposed to be good. I mean, I seriously say this about Jonathan Archer every goddamn week. But but putting that aside, I I know I read that some of the show is meant to be tongue in cheek, and it's possible that was on purpose. They were. Oh, I assume fun. this entire thing was completely stone serious. They could have been, as you guys say, taking the piss out of um, <laughs> uh, you know, action heroes like mm-hmm. just. Okay, here's the, here's the arrogant white guy in charge. Well, what if he's kind of a dick? <laughs> so he's Kirk, basically. Yeah, except Kirk was charming. That's, yeah. that's we always talk about that with like comparing him to other characters. The whole thing with Kirk was he could get away with it because I mean, look at look at that smile. You know, like mm-hmm. you can't you can't stay mad at that guy. Look at yeah. it. He's so charming. I'm I'm talking more about uh, Chris Pine than Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you're talking about the character, not the actor. Yeah. Well, uh, they kind of blur together for me. Okay. Um, Irish guy, what do you got for a good thing? Uh, my, my good thing is it's, is it's pretty funny. Um, not all the time. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> but uh, there are a good few legitimate funny lines in this show. Absolutely. There, mm-hmm. was, there was comedy that they attempted and actually pulled off, which is not always easy in these old cheesy shows. No. Do you remember anything specific? Just to oh, like... I thought you were going to say that. Um... <laughs> Shit, I have not prepared for this. I have no follow. I will now go outside and kill myself. <laughs> um, there, there is the bit with the cubes, the evil geroids. Uh, they see them for the first time in their cubes, yep. and one of the characters says, "That looks dicey." Oh, so, I mean, it's 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 a humorous line, isn't it? Well. No, I, I, I do agree just, and there's comedy from the situation of uh, of the ball upwitting upwitting the man. Yeah, see that I liked because with uh, the uh, with the high score and all that kind of thing because he because yeah. he always has to play, be playing his video games. Look, we shot like ten seconds of fake Zaxxon footage, and we're going to use it every week. Yes, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, my bad thing. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit already. Is the voice acting like Tiger Einstein <laughs> is a bad Jack Nicholson, and mm-hmm. uh, but especially the accents, which oh, I know yeah. I know I go on about this a lot, and I'm sure you guys hear this all the time in American shows where Americans pretend to be British. But when it's the other way around, I hear it so like it just it hits me a certain way. It's, oh, stop it! All the all the American sounding characters were not very convincing, but even the British woman sounded mm. fake somehow, and I'm yeah. pretty sure this was made by British people, so I'm not sure how that's possible, but the worst one is Hero, the Asian dude, mm. which is the most just, and this ties into your bad thing, English Gav. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's slightly different to yours, but yeah, you've, you've got, yeah, there's, there's an issue with the accents there, but they also write it into the script and acknowledge it, and yeah, the, well, specifically with this character, Hero, is kind of why yeah. I kind of fed into yours. Just but yeah, yeah. The, I, I, and just I don't want to racism, if you like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to like repeat some of the horrible things they say. But if you grew up in the '80s, you definitely saw this in comedy movies, uh-huh. and other things. Just making fun of the way other people talk, and not in a lighthearted way, but in a "Why don't you be more like me?" way. And it's just. Ugh. Why don't you talk more like me with my regular voice? <laughs> and, and they paired up this this super Asian stereotype with this, I don't know how else to describe it, this over-the-top campy Camp gay, gay robot. robot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he sounded like Charles Nelson Reilly. Was... Like Jesus. Yeah. And, then yeah, I... and they were both, they were both uh, sent to a space station by themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, the stereotype station. Yeah, yeah stereotype we don't squad. want you on Earth. Yeah. No. <laughs> They'll have to wait outside. We don't want their kind here. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if there's an Irish man ends up there eventually. Well, it wasn't written by Gene Roddenberry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, Irish people, you could probably just go get. Like, ITV probably has some of them on the payroll, but you, you got to get someone doing a bad accent. I mean, you'd think they could get someone British, but they didn't. I, they, they may have. Maybe just <laughs> and, the voice actor. And they're working in entertainment. You think they could get a camp person? <laughs> you would think. 
Especially in the 80s where you couldn't be openly gay, but you could be camp as fuck. Well, they were all on chat shows at the time. That could be. Pres- yeah, presenting them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Did we talk about the, we talked briefly about the tiny robot funeral, which was the just adorable. It was. It was legitimately charming, I thought. Um, I, uh, I get, well, I guess games automatically don't pause in the future was a weird thing because he's playing his computer game and then it goes to an emergency station. But for some reason, his game doesn't just automatically pause. Yep. Yeah, it happened twice in two episodes, and I assume it happened every single time where he almost beat his high score and then never did. <laughs> I think there was a point when we're trying to trace the energy uh, force as they called it, uh-huh. <laughs> on the planet. Uh, so can you pinpoint it? And the ball goes, no. How about if you look? <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. Look. <laughs> yes, it's there. <laughs> There's so another bit the... where, oh, where, where Einstein <laughs> says, uh, says something to the robot, and uh, she, sa- she says about the robot, he can't hear us, and he says, he doesn't want to hear us. And mm-hmm. like, Is that how hearing works? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> again, these, are, these are robots that drink champagne, so I'm uh-huh. not really clear on how they work at all. <laughs> English guy, I have to ask, how did the science hold up in this episode? <laughs> I don't know. I switched my brain off. <laughs> yeah, probably wise. Uh-huh. I, I did like, though, uh, I think something Mary said uh, while they were on reconnaissance or something. Moving to Hill 28. That's <laughs> wet. When, when do you start numbering hills? Is, is this standard operating procedure? <laughs> you look on a new place, right? That's hill one, two, three, four. Yeah. Do you number everything in your yeah, immediate center? Also, or I want to say... already on maps. Yeah. Also, I want to say, if you're going to a place with 28 hills, don't send your balls. They're never going to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they'll go down just fine, but then, then that's it. You're done. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, what else? Anything? I, I did say no about Amanda saying about uh, <laughs> the, uh, she expected the balls to have brains in them. Oh God, yeah. She just she uh, kept saying that as we were watching. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> I don't know. They obviously are humans, like with their heads cut off, with their brains scooped out. Like, why would you say that? What? There's no proof of that. <laughs> no, well, but she... weirdly, in an episode of Doctor Who. Uh, I can't remember what they were called, but they were they were the master had them, and they were like flying balls. Yes, and they had and, uh, when you opened them up, they had people's heads in them. That's a pretty well, good visual. Yeah, I, and I can picture that cheesy ass BBC rendering of that too, <laughs> where you just get a tight shot of the ball with a face like. It yeah. was uh, what, what, yeah, it was from what do you call them? David Tennant, so it was from, uh, from oh, around okay. there. So it looked up. around there. Ah. Oh, I was thinking like a Tom Baker era, like oh. super cheap looking. Huh. Uh, what yep. else? Anything? Yeah. Uh, did you all catch the reason why Zelda is the bad guy and uh, killing everybody? In? Well, no. she's something up, to do with she blew up she's Mars. an android. Yeah. And humans enslaved her or something. Yeah, yeah, there were androids and and then uh, the son realized we're more intelligent than humans so we destroyed you. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. 
I mean, that's your standard robot uprising Co- story. Cookie that's cool. Ergo. So- I buy it. Yeah. Yeah, we found out we were more intelligent, so we're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Skynet. <laughs> that's the Matrix. Wait, but they yeah. seem to be completely different humans. She, and so she's just come to Earth to get rid of more humans. Yeah, she's an alien android. She's yeah. Really, she's not, like, built by Earth humans, but yeah. different humans. Hey, baby, but, you want to kill but, all but, humans? But, but, Professor Einstein uh, didn't know. Uh, she he was surprised when uh, she told him he wasn't she wasn't human. Hmm. Well, he doesn't. Oh, have the she android. Looks, I don't know what he was looking at, but yeah, what, Jesus what, Christ! What, Einstein doesn't doesn't know who could fill a <laughs> fucking warehouse. Well, he doesn't have the android detection powers of say Wonder Woman. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's no Dexter. All right. Also. Okay, so they if he blew had up Dexter's hair, that'd be good. Oh well, I would love to see a puppet with that hair. <laughs> so they blew up her ship, and then once it was blown up, everyone was okay because they were no longer on the ship because it blew up. What? Yeah, I yeah yeah, yeah I didn't really look into that too much because <laughs> what because reasons. <laughs> yeah, obviously I'm not on the ship because the ship blew up. So now I'm here. What? <laughs> That's how they explained it. It would be good if the woman said to him then, and then explained, no, but it doesn't make any sense, because, and then he went, oh, right, and then just died. <laughs> no, he'd be like, shut up, baby. Yeah, probably. <laughs> shut up, baby. Shut up, baby, I know it. <laughs> All right, anything else? That's everything I got. That's no, pretty I think, much, I think we've uh, unpacked that television. Uh, <laughs> Well, we have a quote, but originally it was going to be showing off the awfulness of Hero's accent, and I think we decided against that. So apologies yes. for setting up your expectations in the uh, in the summary, but uh, yeah. Matt's picked a much better quote for us, which is Yes, this. I have. What can you see, Sergeant Major? I see... I see a spaceship. And a gigantic spider. It's an alien spaceship. And it is under a gigantic spider. Just what I expected. So there's that. Yeah, that's much that's much better than racism. I gotta I gotta <laughs> say the spider was one of the few kind of shitty looking models. Like I was legit impressed by most of the models, and that mm-hmm. spider looked real bad. Like it was pipe cleaners and fuzz. Like yeah. you guys can do better than this. I know you can. I see evidence of that on the screen. Mm-hmm. But that spider was terrible. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. And they didn't even, if they can't do spiders, they didn't actually need to do a spider. No, it could have been any small thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a ladybug would have been just like like cut one of those balls in half and paint it red with spots. <laughs> Imagine how shit the ladybug would be, though. Maybe they have access to sphere technology, so you just cut one in half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if they combined it with a cube, it would have been perfect. Oh yeah. All right, what do we got for alternate titles? Uh, English Gav, go. I would just moaned off. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, mine was. Uh, you'll never guess what this really is. Oh, because of all the uh, everything turning into a different thing. Yeah. Uh, Irish guy, what do you got? Mine is and justice for ball. Oh. God. <laughs> mine was a less good version of that uh, funeral for a ball. <laughs> and I went with a play on the actual title Expect the Unexpected I went with Expect to see ships taking off and landing a lot Uh huh Alright well that's all for this time This was this was a delight as ever yep. 
Um, we are doing these semi-annually still, right? Like we'll do another one of these next June-ish. Yeah. 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 Like that. I'm, uh, I'll be done. Excellent. Actually, looking over the schedule, just as we finish Enterprise before we start Discovery, we have one of these. Uh, oh, nice. One of these planned. So, so that'll be a fun, a fun break. Mm-hmm. Before yes. We do something new. You'll be in such a good mood. <laughs> well, if we're still alive, if Enterprise hasn't hadn't beaten the life out of us at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so that's all for this time. Um, yeah, Matt, say your thing. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.